There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean fangirl And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode 5 of season 5 of The Magicians. Uh, it's our part 1 of our twofer this this week. Yes. I'm shocked they did that. I am too. Now, I, know. I haven't heard of anything that's coming out anytime soon on sci-fi, so why would they double up episodes? I don't know. Is this going to happen the rest of the season, I wonder? I certainly hope not. Yeah, no. It's like, what? Well, We've got 13 episodes, but... I don't know. Maybe... Wow. Because of the way this one ended. That's the only thing I can think of. Probably so. But <laughs> surprises did abound this episode. Oh, yes, they did. But before we jump in, you got some ratings news for us. Yes, I do. Episode 4 brought in a 0.14 and adults 18 to 49 with 0.338 million viewers, making it the 76th rated cable show for the day. They keep creeping up slowly but surely. I don't know. Maybe everyone's like, oh, okay, it's back on and I can watch all these in a row and football's over. So let me do this. Right. Or there were a lot of fans that were really upset about Quentin being killed off in the final episode last season. So I am seeing I think that's part of it is in the dip of viewers is you've got some that said, well, if you're going to kill off Quentin, we're done. I obviously haven't watched some of our other shows where nobody's safe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) But we'll talk about this now. But yes, I I have seen that a lot. I have seen that on a lot of the Facebook pages. People are upset. It's like, because apparently the storylines were divvied up between other people. And so they had stories for them, but they also added people that everyone's kind of really enjoyed that weren't in the book. So right. I guess you can't please everybody. No, you can't. So let's jump into episode five. Apocalypse! Now? <laughs> yeah. So I also, we don't have a recap. And I also noticed that a lot of people were talking about that the fact that there was no recap. Even though right. they kind of trolled us with some of it. So speculation has abounded with that, too. Yes, it is. It's kind of funny. There were some moments, and toward the end, that really threw me. I was like, what? I had no idea. You know what? We thought it was good with Doctor Who that they kept John Barrowman under wraps. Right. They did just as well this episode because, of course, we'll get to it, but I'm just going to say it. We got Marina back. I was like, what? Yeah. Now, you said, I want to say at the beginning when we were talking about the book depository and that we both had speculated the only two people that we think could do it would either be Irene McAllister or you had mentioned Marina, which we thought she went off with her girlfriend in this timeline and she was like, okay, I'm just going to be happy. Right. So 
real shocker to me that we end up getting her. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I actually thought that they might have even killed Marina off when Fogg got his memories back. But apparently that didn't happen. No. It was interesting the way this played out. And then we got another shocker. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Mayakovsky has a kid? Yeah. No, first of all, I guess that's not too shocking, but shocking that they've actually had this like brought up. Because right. apparently Mayakovsky was kind of a dog, but, you know. <laughs> yes, a huge one. <laughs> all right. Shall we start with the biggest group? Well, not even the biggest group we had all together, but let's no. start with Fillory. We have Elliot and Margo at one point, Elliot and Fenn, Margo and Josh, and Elliot, Margo, and Josh. So we didn't get all of them together, but they were all in this episode. In Fillory. Yes. So we have <laughs> Elliot and Margo kind of squirreled away, talking about the capture of the fairies, and Elliot's trying to convince her that, well, it's not necessarily the Dark King who ordered it, and, ooh, I thought Margo was going to slap him. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, just because he walked away and delegated, you think that it wasn't him? It's like, okay, okay, listen, sharpen your axes, but we can't kill him yet because we don't know what's going on. Right. We need to know who before we coo. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love yeah. Elliot. Marco's a little stressed because Josh wants to talk about what she said in the werewolf cages. And he keeps bugging her and she keeps dodging him. And then he shows up and she's like, oh, hey, I have a thing. <laughs> but, of course, before anything happens, we find out Josh is now the head chef in Fillory. And he's a little stressed about that. But he's carrying bunnies. And I'm like, whoa, messenger bunnies. And he's the head chef. What is going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not having bunny stew for dinner, are we? Like, who went fatal attraction here? But he's yeah. like, no, no, no. Listen, and we hear Apocalypse Now. And I do not understand what Elliot kept saying. I don't know. Was it supposed to be a film club or something? Because I was thinking, oh, is it yes. a movie? Okay. Like, no. he was saying it really fast. I'm like, what? Yeah, Josh has a film club, oh. even though there's no electricity in, <laughs> in Fillory. Okay. That makes more sense now. I'm like, phone uh, Like his bowling league. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. That's not it. Hold on. The other one's just a little shy. A little prodding. And we get the message that basically everything's happening and we need help stopping the apocalypse now. So yeah. Margo's like, great. Well, you know what? How are we going to accomplish everything and find the facts so I can start stabbing people? And taking them out with these axes. And Elliot's like, calm down. We have an apocalypse, apparently, to deal with. But let's get things together. I know who I need to talk to. And we'll get stuff yeah. taken care of in Fillory while we're taking care of the Earth. That sounds great. I don't think it's going to come together that way. <laughs> but we see Elliot talking to Fenn. He's like, yeah, hey, listen, sweetie. We need you to do some stuff for us. And I love it. She's like, oh, you need a man on the inside? Yeah, like all those spy movies? No, no, no. We need a maid on the outside. Just important. <laughs> it's a huge trope. Now, the way he said it, not exactly, because he tells her, all right, we need you to find out who in the castle hates fairies. What are they doing to the fairies? And there was like- Oh, get two, the fairy side of the story, right? too. <laughs> and then, What's the story with the Dark King? And something, and she's like, whoa, 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 that's a lot of stuff. How about I just help you with the apocalypse? She's like, eh, you don't have magic. Stay here because of the important maid on the outside. And I'm thinking, you know what? That may not be said, but it kind of is a thing. Oh, yeah. Because when you think about it, 
who is always ignored in all of these movies? The help, right? Absolutely. So, kind of is. Made on the outside. They hear everything because nobody pays attention that they're there. And, uh, right. I was like, you know what? He just actually put it into words. So, and to try to make Ben feel yeah. better, but it's true. <laughs> and I laugh because half the time, I probably shouldn't say this on air. Nobody realizes that I'm in my cubicle at work because apparently I'm quiet. So I hear things. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully nobody listens to this from work. <laughs> but exactly. It's, it's one of those things. If you're not center of attention, people don't notice you. So she could get a whole lot of information. Oh, yes, she just could. listening. So, and well, what happens? She's wandering in, on a path. I have no idea where she is. She's carrying a bucket. And suddenly there's a gardener that turns around to talk to her. And it's a fairy. And she's like, oh, cool. I've been looking for you. And I love it. The fairy's kind of taken aback. Like, I was told you'd be scared of me. She's like, uh. Right. I don't know. No, who you're I'm a about. super sexy right. mate on the outside. Right. But that fairy knows who she is because she calls her High King Fen. Yes. I was like, oh, what is happening? That's why I really feel like that fairy that got caught with Margot right. was one of them that may have been in McAllister's jail cells. Ooh. But I want to okay. go back because she just seems familiar, but I don't know why. Right. But if you know, let us know at sci fi talk at fangirlzone.com. All right, let's jump around to a pairing that I was not expecting either. No, never expected this in a million years. Yeah, Katie and Zelda. Zelda's in a room going through books and tidying up, and Katie comes in and's like, well, you look like you're settling in. And she's like, well, you know, I got to do what I got to do to not freak out, basically, is what I took away from that moment. <laughs> and Katie's yeah. like, I need help finding a book depository, and you're going to help me. Because this massive mistake is basically on you. Right. And I don't know about you. I started to get this feel like maybe Zelda was, uh, I can't remember the word. Is it agoraphobic or where you're afraid to go outside? Right. Because she kind of kept backpedaling. Right. Maybe I can just find stuff here for you. And I was like, oh, I wonder if she has that. Because she hasn't left the library in however long. I think she said it at one point. Yeah, been a very long time, and it's very possible that she's claustrophobic easy when there's people around. Like, just anxiety in general? Right, yeah, social anxieties. But that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. I think she was just, hasn't been on Earth in so long that she was kind of freaked out about it. At least that's my takeaway. Yeah, Um, I tend to agree with you there. Because... She's walking with Katie in Hell's Kitchen, and Katie's getting frustrated because she can't find the depository. And Zelda is trying to get Katie to talk about her circumstances because every person who is dealing with different circumstances will have different things affecting their magic. Right. And Katie spills about fog, and Zelda surprisingly fills in some information that I wasn't expecting here. That Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know the Emperor. I was stuck there for three years. Well, not stuck. I spent three years there. It was like, whoa. And Yeah, and this was pre-library. Right, right. Because Zelda in- informs Katie that if you were let go, it's because he can see that you're doing something good. And to him, good is boring. Yep. And the last thing he wants there is boring. And she asked Zelda, well, how did you get out? She's like, well, I stopped hating myself. And that 
made the emperor boot me because apparently I was boring then. And so the only way Fog can get out is something that Fog has to deal with. So I don't right. see him being gone. Right. Let's hope not. But yeah, at least it seems more possible that he can escape from the realm than it did after <laughs> last episode's uh, ending there. Right. What I loved about this moment, though, is Zelda actually kind of getting loud with Katie. And yeah. her, don't waste time on self-pity. Do what you came to do. And I think that was kind of the slap in the face that Katie needed. Oh, absolutely it was. Because the second she turns around, she's like, hey, look, there's the wards. It's like, oh, now you're just able to see it. Yep. Changed your circumstances. Yeah. And sometimes you need that, like, splash of cold water, I guess. So they go inside, and there's, of course, books stacked every which way. And I thought Zelda was going to have a meltdown <laughs> seeing the books, like, all <laughs> yeah. over. And uh, Katie tries to get a book to come to her. Now, we hear something move, but apparently it wasn't right. the right spell. So Zelda does a spell, and boop, there's the book that we need that will help all the hedges. Yep. Yay! I'm really hoping nobody else gets blown up anytime soon. Yep. But we're running out of time. Now, I'm guessing... The Visigoths don't know about this depository. I feel like they would have been there already. Right. And I think they were really after the the stories and didn't really care about any of the other books in the library. Oh, the personal story. He wanted his storybook to see how it actually ends up. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Terrence was all about him. <laughs> well, when we seen a guy hiding behind the a case and all of a sudden a bookcase and he all, all of a sudden texts somebody i'm like or calls somebody whatever i was like "Ooh, is this a visigoth informant what is this right but i don't think that's what this is nope but it wasn't what i was expecting that no, was for sure that that's definitely true something totally unexpected we do get to see the gang all back together back at the apartment zelda explains the alignment and what is it exactly causing the convergence, and that how moving the moon just a little bit will keep it from happening. But spells won't work on the moon because ancient magicians cast spells on the moon so often it has built up a crust of magic that basically is now kind of an anti-magic shield. Right. It's like, what? <laughs> but... Makes sense, though. Right. But don't despair because... Right. There's a group that can help you. You have to talk to the lunatic. The what? The lunar fanatics. And they'll probably be able to give you some information on how to move the moon. And I love it because they're looking at her like, are you serious? This is a thing? Right. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And great. Now we get another pairing who gets to go to a loony bin. Julia and Alice. Well, at least they're not trying to break Katie out of something this time. Right. But they go searching for the answers at Maxwell Psychiatric Hospital. Now, was this the same one that we seen way back when Katie was admitted? Or is this a different one? I think it was a different one. It may not be, but I think the sign may have been different. <laughs> oh. I didn't know if they were like trying to link anything. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, I don't remember seeing the long hallway that Katie had to run to get out of it. Oh, but gotcha. they could have filmed it completely different to make it seem like it's a different one as well. Well, that would be interesting. If anybody knows if it was supposed to be the same one, let us know. But they do get to speak to Reba, who is definitely a lunatic. 
Now, I was thinking she was really a lunatic and not the lunar fanatic that we needed. (laughs) But apparently, they will get tattoos on their eyeballs. Ouch. Okay, I had a shot in my eye on a couple occasions, and that was bad enough. I couldn't imagine getting a tattoo on my eyeball. No. They do get information, though, from her. And she was something else. (laughs) Yeah. They have- Kneecap. Yeah. (laughs) We're just the bones. It's like, all right, hippie. There's something necessary. You have to have moon brain, and you need three magicians to have moon brain, and you need a moon rock, and then you ask the moon to move if she's listening, but she has an aura. So the only way you can see it is with moon brain, and the auras are red, yellow, and green, and when it's green, you can- Ask her to move, but you have to remember, anybody else can ask her something, too. Right. It's like, okay. And I love they throw in, oh, the the guy who created the stoplight, was he a lunatic? And they're like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. And great. We're going to find out some more information, right? They go to ask another question. It's like, pudding time. Sorry, guys. Gotta go. (laughs) What? what, Yep. What? All right. But how do we get moon brain? Right. Great. That's up in the air. That's not a good thing. No. We get to go to something a little depressing. Just a little. Penny at break bills. Penny is meeting with the acting Dean Lipson and is told that if you try to travel, it's kind of like spinning a globe and just putting your finger down. Most of the time you land in water, sometimes in something not so pleasant. But with you, it's the multiverse and there's a whole lot more things that are way more dangerous. Yes. Way more worse than ending up in water. Right. And it's like, okay, well, I won't travel then. Got it. But since I can't travel, I might as well resign because, you know, what kind of might be a traveler that can't travel to explain to travelers what's going on? All right, thanks. It's like big thumbs up. And Penny's like, whew, dodge that bullet. Until Lipson's like, no, what? Can't have a disabled professor walking out on us. Wouldn't be good for the public. Right. You say what? I just love that you can't travel, you can't resign because there. What? Well, what was it exactly? There was a dean disappearance act or something, right? So yes. since she's the acting dean, nobody can welch on their contracts either. It's like, and by the way, we yeah. need a new welders coach. I think it was the game yes. that they played first right. season, which surprised me. I'm like, oh, the- welters. Yeah, that's right. I'm kind of shocked they're bringing that back. Although, in the book, it was kind of interesting because Quentin does a black hole, but right. like that almost sucks everything in. So, great. Penny can do magic, but I don't know. I felt like he hasn't even done any magic. Right. Since he can't travel, he's like, eh, I'm done. Because I, I don't know how much he actually studied the regular magic part. Right. Not much. Yeah. Well, now he's going back to school, I guess. Yeah. Let's go back to the apartment. So we can find out what Moonbrain is. Well, Alice has figured out, all right, this is this is it. Moonbrain is sleep deprivation, but it's extreme sleep deprivation. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no big deal. We're out and we party. It's fine. And Julia's like, uh, no. It's five nights, no sleep, and no magic to keep you awake. Now, at first I thought she meant no magic at all. Right. But just the magic to keep them awake. Yeah. So this should be totally fun, right? Because oh, yeah. they're crabby at times when we know they can sleep. I can't imagine how this is going to work. Yeah. 
So we zip ahead 96 hours and Josh is all hyped up on caffeine, pouring coffee for everyone. And Margo's like, I think we should take this party a little more 80s. You know what I mean? <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then she proceeds yeah. to tell everybody what she means. It's like, <laughs> you didn't have to wink, wink, nudge, nudge if you can tell everyone. I'm just saying. Right. But then we see something weird happen. Elliot, who at first was kind of staring at his computer, hears somebody say his name. And he turns around and nothing's there. And I'm like, is that supposed to be Quinn? Like, right. is he calling tell. from, like, the underworld or something? Right. I, yeah, I was like, oh, how are they taking this? Since it was pointed out that he is not a regular on this show, but that's all they said. They didn't say he was gone. So I was right. thinking this means something else, but no, that took a turn. Way worse. <laughs> Alice tells everyone that she has found something, and it's like, hey, yeah, NASA brought back a bunch of moon rocks, and they're they're like, yeah. And Margo's like, we're going to break into NASA, mark something else <laughs> off my bucket list. <laughs> Girl, what kind of bucket list do you it have? You? Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, I would give anything to see her bucket list. Way different than mine, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Apparently, a lot of those moon rocks that were given out were kind of forgotten and ended up in garages and like in sheds yeah <laughs> it's kind of like bah, whatever and josh it's like okay we got we got stuff to do we have moon rocks to find so i have to get some supplies to help us stay awake and i love it. everyone's like is it meth no it's natural <laughs> it's muffins like i'm making muffins is it meth muffins <laughs> would you stop it's not meth but what happens <laughs> it's meth Josh finishes his first batch of muffins, and Margo comes in with a moon rock and is telling him, oh, you know what else keeps me awake? Some naked conversation, and let's talk about my repressed emotions. And he's like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until Margo starts calling his name louder and louder, and everything changes, and it turns out he had fallen asleep on the couch when the muffins were in the oven. And yeah. And kind of burnt. So, great. So, one down. Not good. I, I was expecting them to be down a lot more. Right. Than what they ended up. Yeah. Absolutely. So Julia is like, Margo, I hope you and Elliot had better luck because we got nothing. Allison Penny got nothing. And of course, no. We had a, was it a piece of concrete with the word moon written on it? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody might think it's a moon rock. And, of course, Alice decides to wonder aloud, wonder if all the lunatics got it, and there's no more. Until Margo's like, well, you know, we can just kind of hide out and fillery for the apocalypse. It's a little on the downside, but, you know, it's fine. We can hang out there. Right. And for some reason, Julia decides, you know what? I'm not great on inspirational speeches. That was Quentin. But I'm going to stay yeah. here and do everything I can, even if I fail, and I'll be failing right here with the rest of humanity. And Elliot's like, yeah, you do suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'll stay. And then Josh and my ex. And they're like, no. <laughs> no, Josh. And he's like, well, should I have done my boat? No. No. not This is not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> they weren't going to get it. Move on. But hey, throw up another batch of meth muffin. <laughs> And when we skip ahead four days, man, they're looking rough. Oh, yeah. They only got about 12 hours left at this point. Not sure what they're going to do, how they're going to get anything. But 
as we get another batch of muffins out and Penny runs over to inhale them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, found something. Warren Westbrook, some rich guy doing rich guy stuff. Guess what he has? A lunatic uh, tattoo and a moon rock. Yep. Oh, things are getting interesting. Right. And it was great to see Josh shooting Julia in the face with a water gun. Okay, and like, okay again. One more. <laughs> Julia and Elliot pop over to Westbrook's to find out what's what and if maybe they can use the moon rock. And I have a question here because when they do go see the moon rock, it is quite large. Yes. Why couldn't they just get a piece? Right. Like, it didn't say it'd have to be like a certain size. No. So I was like, why don't I have to just share that a little so they can do what they need to do so nobody dies? But he doesn't want that anyway. No, he's got to make money. Yeah. Oh, hey, you guys are preparing for Moonbrain and all. That's awesome. We're having a party. And when Julia does talk to him about it, though, he's like, oh, uh, you know, there's stuff. People will live. Not everybody will die. It's like, oh, my God, you are one of those guys. Yes, he is. You piece of crap. It's like, yeah, I got stuff to sell after the facts. Whatever. Yep. Just trying to make money. Oh, I was so irritated with that. And apparently he looks and he notices the moon tattoo on Julia's eye was illusion magic. And he gets them escorted out. He wasn't mad about it. No. He just says, okay, out. Right. And then we see, which kind of threw me because this has been, I don't even know how long. Yeah, season two, maybe. Yeah, Julia wearing the best bitch's necklace, and Alice sitting there drawing the layout through seeing everything through the mirror. It's like, oh, okay. And Alice has to tell the group, all right, listen, it's not impossible, but it's not going to be possible right now. It's like, what? Right. Because we can One way in, one way out, so. Right, we can get through the security cameras. We can get through protection spells, but. There's a protecting spell on the moon rock that we can't get into because it has Mayakovsky's signature. Say what? I thought he was batshit crazy. Yes, and that's what they said. (laughs) Well, all right. You know what? We probably need to go see what's going on. But before anything happens, Julia decides to talk to Elliot, and she's like, are you all right? Because you don't seem all right. Even with Moonbrain, you don't seem right. Right. And you see Margot kind of hanging off to the side, listening in. And I thought she was going to get all crazy that she was even not part of the, the conversation. But Julia Right, says, but, yeah, Elliot didn't tell Julia anything that he hadn't told Margot, so. Right, but Julia's like, yeah, when the sister had control of me, like, I knew everything that was happening, and I, I it's not cool. And you had right. the monster in you for a long time. He's like, no, I was, like, taking a nap. That was it. He's like, mm, yeah, naps. Right. That sounds great right now. <laughs> But yeah, I thought Julia and Elliot were going to kind of bond and Margot was going to lose it. Right. Yeah, because she's been a little more uptight than normal since her first werewolfing. Was that supposed to be her first one? I think so. Oh, see, I didn't even realize that. Yep. That makes sense now, though. Yeah, so Josh had two women going through their first werewolfing at the same time. Well, it's a lucky he's still alive. Maybe not Ben, <laughs> since it was like several, several years. So. Well, that's true. She might have already been through it. But yeah, things were, were not normal. That's all. No. But we do get Alice and Julia heading to the South Pole to find Mayakovsky. And as they 
walk in, they hear screaming, which probably isn't good. Right. And then they get caught up in a spell. It's like, what the heck is happening? And we find out the person holding them right this moment is Natasha, who is the daughter of Mayakovsky. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah, holy what? And, oh, yeah, by the way, I was the one who put the protection spell, not him. Because I used to so date him. you were the one that, yeah. That I love, was, no, I just loved it. It's don't like, don't judge. judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think crazy all the time, I guess. Okay, I'll help like you guys. Like father, like daughter. <laughs> I'll help you, but I need one of your shades. Either one will do. Now, hold on a second. Yes, we never saw which one of them agreed to it or if it actually even happened. Well, she wanted payment up front. Right. So... I didn't understand because Julia lost her shade, right? It was after she was trying to get rid of the baby, the creepy... Right, yeah, fox, I think so. Fox god baby. Or they yep. nicked her shade. And she right. went, like, crazy. So how would they do that? Yeah. I didn't understand that. But, again, the way everything played out, did it actually, anything actually happen? I don't think so. I couldn't tell a difference in Julia or Alice. Because the And losing point, your shade, it would be noticeable. Right, because it make you like go dark. Right. So was the whole point of having Mayakovsky's daughter help to move the the mood rock? But since they didn't move it, they didn't need like the spell taken off? No, they still would have had to well hmm, that's a good question, because yeah, they didn't end up having to move it. And that's what the protection spell was on. Right. So, yeah, they must have come up. There must be a scene that got cut that where they convinced Natasha that, yeah, our plan is this, and we aren't going to have to steal it. It's going to stay right there. So we don't have to break into your, your protection spell because all we're going to do is start casting. We'll see it. The moon will take care of it when she starts listening. So I mean, that's just what it seemed like. Because it was strange. Right, yeah. That's the only explanation I can come up with that makes any sense. <laughs> because we see her. We see Natasha there with the group at the party. Right. But then things got weird. Because, of course, you know, Julia is reviewing the plan. And Margot confronts Elliot about his frame of mind. And he, she's like, pull the ripcord. Get out now. And he's like, no, it's fine. Until he turns around and he sees Let Me Out written in what looks like blood on a van. Right. And then turns back and it's like, not there. Now, I want to say to you, Margot looked fantabulous, like, oh, all yeah. dolled up for the party. I'm like, oh, my God, she looks amazing. I love what they did. <laughs> yes, she did. Okay. And can I say Penny walking around with a bag full of muffins? Yes, it was amazing. hilarious. <laughs> yes, it was. It reminded me of the egg. Yeah. Like, when he was carrying around an egg and kissing it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was not letting those meth muffins go for nothing no apparently he really was enjoying them not just staying awake but josh patty right. and margo go inside to cause a distraction and they're gonna get the cameras on a loop and open the door for natasha well at one point margo's like i don't know if i did this camera i think i did this one but i don't know about that one and then all of a sudden she's like bam she's all lovey-dovey and talking to to josh and he's like what oh what and then bam yeah. she's back to <laughs> oh yeah I'm, I'm good here Everything's done. Let's go to the next one. And Josh is like, what is happening? Bam, yeah. bam. She is tired. That woman does not know what's happening, Josh. So maybe you don't take too much to heart. Right. 
But hey, guess what? Natasha is seen on camera. Now, was that the distraction? I think that was part of it, yes. Well, because right after all hell breaks loose. And Natasha takes off and Margot and Penny are caught along with Josh. And I that Penny does drop his muffins at this point. Yes, when guns are pointed at him, he'll drop them Whoa. up. <laughs> but as they're being questioned by Westbrook's security, <laughs> Penny leans over, Josh, do you have any more muffins? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. You know what? I do. I lied. Because it, it felt very much like the flying forest. Where's my right. stuff touchers? Yeah. <laughs> and how Penny was acting then. So, yeah. Now I know why it's even funnier. I don't know why it just dawned on me. But anyway, Westbrook's men had seen Natasha. And they're like, oh, this is fine. As Josh was, we won't say anything. And then he starts spilling random bits of fat. Yeah. She's taking him to Philadelphia. <laughs> You're not even uh, been up all this time. Why are you all crazy? Right. But when they go to catch Natasha, it's actually Katie. But then I'm thinking, wait, is it really Katie? Or was it Natasha pretending to be Katie? I'm pretty sure it was Katie. Yeah, it took a minute going, wait, which way are they playing this one? Right, yeah. <laughs> She's like, the lady just threw me the keys and she ran that way. It's like, And they go that way. Yeah. <laughs> you go, oh, really? <laughs> this is a Scooby-Doo? Yeah. <laughs> this is horrible. And as we go back, I'm like, where's the rest of the gang? Well, apparently the illusion is dropped and they are in the room with the rock. That is still sitting there. And Julia can see the moon's aura. And it's red. She's like, oh my god, it really is. Okay. Let's start yeah. casting. The aura starts <laughs> to turn green. And they're about to ask the question. And it's like, why is it red? We had it. Elliot's not there. What, what the hell? Where'd Elliot go? Yeah. This can't be good. So he's followed a voice out to the hall to a mirror where he sees himself as the monster covered in blood. And he's like, set me free. And Elliot's like, no, 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 this is Moonbrain. You're not there. As he closes his eyes and opens them again, he's still there. What does yeah. this mean? Yeah. Is there still a piece of him inside? Because didn't they throw him into the abyss? Yeah, into the scene. Because that's what happened. Tells him. Yeah, and that's why Quentin's not there. I don't understand. Quentin died to try to save Elliot. So, yeah, please just let this be something inside Elliot's head that can be fixed right. and With that monster hat. still isn't in there right yeah because if there's if that's still in there that'll make elliot's sacrifice that much worse i think a but lot we will see we'll be pissed off yeah it's like wait so q died for nothing i think is basically what's gonna happen oh yeah so what well, let's go back to the room and all of a sudden guards show up and we kind of get a, a flip to the other room where Josh is being questioned along with Margot and Penny, and Josh passes out. It's like, what's happening? And then all the guards pass out. Margot's like, first she's thinking it's just Josh. She's like, oh, he heart of a lion, this one. And yeah, then his fight or flight out. is to go to sleep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then when we flip back to the room with Alice and Julia, everybody who had come in there with their guns drawn has passed out, and they're like, what's going on? And who walks in? Marina, who looks totally different, and I think she looks amazing, by the way. But oh, absolutely! I'm like, whoa! I was. It took a second because yeah. she looks so <laughs> different from the Marina that we yeah, because so. they they called her Marina, and it's like, huh? Are you sure? It's like, wait, what? Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, it is her. <laughs> and the guy who was at the depository shows up as they bind 
Alice and Julia's hands with magic. So, hey guys, I know what you were doing, but I have my own agenda. And Katie walks in and accuses Marina of sending that memory assassin. And she's about to set off a spell that will basically probably blow up Marina. And nuke the whole place. Right, because, oh, hey, the surge is happening, the convergence is coming on. Remember, if you let that go, yeah, we're all going boom. But Elliot sneaks in behind her as Julia's like, yeah, Katie, you can't do that because everything's super strong and any spell that would have taken three people before probably would only take one right now. Right. And Elliot starts Love the way they gave Elliot the instructions of what to do without Marina even realizing that's what they were doing. That surprised me. But if she had to have Moonbrain too, I can see that. So, well... Elliot's casting, and things are already starting to go awry, because the bindings are falling off the girls, and the moon's aura is turning green, and it's like, oh, crap. So Marina figures it out, and Elliot is trying to move the moon, and Marina's trying to move it back, and I'm thinking this cannot be good. No. Don't you just ask? Because the moon rock starts to disintegrate, and Elliot and Marina are basically screaming at each other, and they blast their powers essentially and guess what as the moon rock disappears the moon itself starts to break in half this isn't any better than the convergence no because this (laughs) is gonna cause so much shit to go wrong yeah i don't know why like the whole point was to ask the moon to move slightly to stop the convergence right and when it turned green any of them could have asked Right, and that's what caused the moon to break in half, is you had Elliot asking her to move, and... See, I thought they were... Marina trying to to get her to stay in place. No, Marina wanted the moon in place. She wanted the convergence just like Westbrook did. We don't know why, but she did. So they both start pulling on the moon to get it to move, Not and not to move. It basically rips the poor thing in half. We are so screwed, is all I kept thinking. Oh, big time. So we'll have to see what happens in our second part for this twofer. But until such time, if you want to tell us your thoughts, shoot us an email at scifitalk at fangirlzone.com. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about the show. It's amazing. And, of course, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, and maybe you tell them about that, too. But, oh my gosh, I can't wait till the second episode now, which will be in just a few minutes. So, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. We're stealing from NASA? Hell yeah, Mama's checking off another one of her bucket lists. And until next time.